We're going to talk about who do you think you are this morning. Isaiah 55. We're going to start at verse 3. Isaiah 55, verse 3. And he says, Incline your ear and hear unto me. Incline your ear and come unto me, excuse me. Hear and you, your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not. And nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly part. This is where I want to go. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. May y'all be seated in heavenly places. So he says from the prophet Isaiah that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And what we learn from this is that the way that God thinks, it calls you to think at a higher level. As spirit-filled beings, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, as kingdom citizens, our thoughts should always reflect the God that we say we serve. If our thoughts are not reflecting the God that we say we serve, we have to examine those thoughts. Where are they coming from? See, God will always respond to the way that you see him. God always responds to the way that you see him. So if you see God as the God who will pay your light bill, then your light bill is going to be paid. If you see God as the God who keeps a roof over your head, who protects you, then unto your faith, so it shall be unto you. But if you see God as the creator of the universe, if you see God as the one who gives you life every day, if you see God as the one who wakes you up every single morning and puts you on your purpose, then that's gonna be the lifestyle that you carry out. See, God will always respond to the way that you see him is because he created you and his image and his likeness. So what God is looking for in your life is himself. God is looking for himself in your life. And you know what I've learned is that there was two trees in the garden of Eden. 
and there will always be two trees in our life. We will always have two trees in our life. The question is, which tree will you eat from? Which tree will you eat from? See, the only way to come into agreement with God is to think the way he thinks. There can only be a mutual agreement if the thinking is mutual. There can only be a mutual agreement if the thinking is mutual. So when we ask people to touch and agree with us, when we ask people to pray for us, there has to be some common denominator in the thinking. It has to be some common denominator. I'm not going to ask a Muslim to come into agreement with my prayers. I'm not going to walk into a Buddhist temple and ask the monks to lay hands on me because there must be a common agreement in the thinking. So when God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, he's letting you know that apart from Christ, because Isaiah is speaking under the law of sin and death, he said, apart from Christ, you have no true way of thinking. And we're gonna touch a little bit into it this morning, but the only way to think like God, the only way to live like God, the only way to live a holy life is by thinking like Jesus. It's the only way. So when we ask people to come into agreement, when we ask people to pray, we have to find out how are they thinking like Jesus? How are they thinking like the creator? Because everybody has different thoughts. We all have different ideas. We all have different philosophies that we've gained with experiences through life. And we bring these things into our present life and some things that we've experienced in the past need to stay in the past. That's why it's called the past. So we get our understanding from the Bible. There will always be two trees in a garden, as I said earlier. It's because there can be no reward if you don't have a choice. God designed you for relationship. He didn't design you to be a robot. If he wanted robots, he would have created robots. Human beings create robots. But God created you because he wanted to see himself. We hear the scripture of, in the beginning of, when God tells man to be fruitful and multiply. And I know personally for me, I've always heard that growing up as a young child of having kids and having, you know, your children that will be a blessing from your seed of a husband and a wife. But what I've learned is that when God told mankind to be fruitful and multiply, he was telling mankind 
to be fruitful in his nature that he was created in and to multiply his image on the earth. So we multiply the image of God on the earth. When you encourage a person, when a person gets born again, when a person repents from their sin and walks upright before God, the image of God is being multiplied upon the face of the earth. Upon the face of the earth. So God's desire was so that we eat from the tree of life so that his image can continuously be multiplied upon the face of the earth. There's always two trees. There's always two trees. The tree that you eat from, you will receive the nature of that tree. So when you eat from the tree of life, when you eat at the table of Jesus Christ, when you drink from the cup that he drank from, he's going to impart his same life, his same nature into you. So when you feel weak, when you feel weary, when you don't feel adequate, when you don't feel as if people are understanding you, you have to go back to the table. You have to go back to the table because at that table is the only food that's going to nourish you. At that table is the only food that is going to sustain you. At that table is the only food that is going to cause you to think the way that he thinks. You can eat at many tables. I find America so fascinating. It's because we have so many options. So many options. So many options. But when we look at the life of Jesus, when we look at life from a kingdom perspective, things start to narrow down. And the narrow things become, the more free we are. That's one of the greatest paradoxes in the world, is that the more you come into the life that Christ designed for you to live in, the more free you become. But if you want to have freedom outside of the life of Christ, that leads to bondage. That leads to bondage. I tell young people every chance I can get if we're talking in a spiritual conversation. Freedom without boundaries always leads to bondage. Every single time. Every single time. And that could come in the home. That could come in the school. That could come on the street corners. That could come when you encounter a police officer. Freedom with no boundaries always leads to bondage. The kingdom of God is simple. Jesus is simple. People say, well, I don't believe the Bible because there are so many contradictions of the Bible. And what I've learned also is that there are no contradictions in the Bible. What God does is he contradicts your understanding of it if you think you have it all figured out. 
If you think you have it all figured out, you'll never understand. Because your mind is not designed to do that. Understanding only comes when you sacrifice yourself, when you take off your thinking cap and put on the mind of Christ. So when Isaiah is saying, you know, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. God gives us a free will. And the fundamental purpose of a free will is two things. It's so that you can freely and willingly obey him. That's the purpose of a free will. So that you can freely and willingly obey him. God doesn't twist his arm, twist your arm behind your back. What he does is he shows you a quality of life that he has designed for you to live by. And he calls you to live this out. He calls you to sacrifice yourself and find out where you play in this picture. If the Bible was to be rewritten again, where would your life play out in that Bible? If they were going to write the Bible again, how would your story be told? Think about that. Because God's desire for all men is that we grow into the stature of Christ. So that when Christ is in the world, it would be just like God himself is standing on that corner. When you're in that supermarket, your life is to be just like God was pushing that cart. Someone cuts in you in front of the line. What's our response? How would Jesus have responded? Uh, go on. <laughs> there can be no reward without an option to obey or disobey. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two. And we're gonna read from verse nine down. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God 
no man knows but the spirit of God. But we have received, say we, we have a spirit to see, have received the spirit, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receive not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. So when we read Isaiah 55, and he says, his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways, and we can't understand it. But when we read Paul, he tells us that we understand these ways of God with the Spirit. It is with the Spirit that we understand God. So when I ask you, who do you think you are? You should always think with the spirit. You ask a person out in the world who they think they are, they'll tell you what they do. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a police officer. That's what you do. That's not who you are. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. We are a city that is set upon a hill. We are the Father's children, created in his image and likeness so that we can function just like God, we can think just like God, we can live just like God, and we can act the same way God acts. So he, 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 he lets us know right here what man can know the things of God, the man that is spiritual. So when you watch CNN and you watch MSNBC and you watch all these different news stations, you're seeing the natural man on parade. You're seeing the flesh tearing down one individual, trying to promote another individual, while in the reverse, that one individual is tearing down the other individual. And they are feeding, programming, the minds of the people. But if you don't open this book, if you don't search the deep things of God, if you don't let your spirit get in tune with the word of God, then what goes on on TV will affect your life, will stir up fear inside of you, will stir up anxiety inside of you, will stir up hatred inside of you because the world is training you to hate subconsciously if you watch a person get bashed and bashed and belittled and degraded over time 
what's going to happen is your mind automatically is going to be programmed to hate that same individual. That's why Hitler was so dangerous because he knew the minds of men. He knew how humanity thunk. He knew that if he programmed the people with lies, with deceit about the Jewish people, he knew that if he promoted radio images and TVs of Jews being rats, that you have to exterminate all the rats, that the people are going to be programmed in that same manner. He knew it. And that same cycle is going on today. So we have to think like God so we don't think like the world. We have to react like our king so we're not reacting like the world. And the way we do that is by eating from the right tree. See, the world is, is eating from this tree of this knowledge of good and evil. I think this is right. I think this is evil. Things that the Bible say is evil, the world is promoting it as being right. That's what's happening in this world. But when we become built up, when we become spirit filled, oh man, I was at a worship concert last week and they were singing this song, Fill Me Up. Fill me up, God, fill me up. And he just kept singing it over and over and over. And what I heard drop into my spirit, the Lord said, pour me out. Pour me out. Pour me out. Because we want to be filled up. We want to be built up. But God wants to pour us out. He wants to pour us out in the places that nobody wants to go. He wants to pour us out and speak when nobody else wants to speak. He wants us to go into our jobs with the mentality that we're pouring out everything that has filled us up. And you don't have to go in there with your Bible, with a rope around your neck. <laughs> You live your life in him. Psalms 3 says, the righteous will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Living water. Not dead water, not stale water, not stagnant water, but living water. We are trees of righteousness. And that righteousness has to go down deep into the roots. It has to go deep. The Bible is always talking about trees. This cedar tree, palm trees, pine trees, all these different trees. But the purpose, if a tree is going to go from the roots and bear the fruit. Jesus in Matthew 7 says every tree that does not bear fruit. Well, let's go there. 
Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Let's start at verse 15. It says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree, say I'm a good tree, brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. You shall recognize them. You can identify them. The world will recognize us by our fruits. Who do you think you are? You are one who bears good fruit. You are one who bears good fruit. Because the Father has sown good seed into you. Don't cut off the good fruit. Allow your light, allow the water of the word to wash you, to nourish you, so that that good fruit can be produced. You are called to be a house with no empty rooms. You are called to be a house with no empty rooms. When the devil comes knocking at that door, no vacancy shine should arise. No empty rooms in the kingdom of God. Every room is filled with wisdom. Every room is filled with love. Every room is filled with faith. Every room is filled with encouragement. Every room is filled with righteousness. That's your home. That's your home. And all of that are good seeds that have been planted inside of you. We think about love, and I'm gonna tie this up. Our love reveals the measure of God that we know. The greater you know God, the greater you learn, the greater you truly experience God, the greater your love is going to become. And I'm talking about pure love. I'm not talking about that selfish love. That I, I only say I love you because you say it back. I'm not talking about that type of love. That's self. I'm talking about an unconditional love will brew up inside of you to the measure that you know God. So we don't get consumed by life. 
we do not get consumed by life. We become consumed by the giver of life. We don't get consumed with CNN or ABC or MSN. We become consumed with the giver of that life. And it all goes back to us thinking like the one who gives life. When we think outside of that, we think circumstantially. Our thinking can only go as far as how we're doing. And we can only go as far as what we're experiencing. But kingdom love, kingdom life, kingdom thinking takes you so much further, takes you to a greater level, takes you to a higher plane than an experience or a circumstance or what you're watching on TV. Because one kingdom wants dominance over another kingdom. God's kingdom is forever. God's kingdom is eternal. God's kingdom will not end. So his kingdom is to have residency over this kingdom of the world. And that can only come when we think like God. So I ask you this morning, my sisters, my brothers, my family, who do you think you are? One of the greatest questions you can ask yourself, who do you think you are? Because who you think you are is going to produce that fruit in your life. If you think you're just a sinner saved by grace, then you're going to continuously sin, hoping that grace will save you. But if you think that you are the righteousness of God, if you think you're a part of this chosen generation, if you think you're a part of this royal priesthood, that's going to be your identity, and you're going to walk out that reality in your life. So this morning, the Lord is elevating your thinking. No longer thinking like mere men. No longer thinking conditionally. No longer thinking circumstantially. No longer thinking apart from Christ. So who do you think you are? Am I right about it? I feel like Gina. Amen. Can we all stand? Thank you, Jesus. Just, just worship the Lord while we're standing where you at. Just worship him.
just thank him for where he has created you to be. Thank you for where he's positioned you at. Thank him for the life that you now have in Christ. Thank him for saving you. Thank him for delivering you. Thank you for thank him for not answering the prayers that were destructive to your purpose. Father, we come before you this morning thanking you for a fresh mind. Thank you for newness of life. Thank you for your resurrection power. Thank you for what you are doing in our lives. Thank you for saving our families. Thank you for allowing them to walk upright before God. Thank you for seating them at the right hand of the Father. Thank you for rebuilding a new identity in our homes. And we ask, oh God, Lord, that the purpose of us gathering is to become more like you so that when we leave here, we can shine in the world. Thank you for elevating our thinking, Father. No longer thinking like slaves, but thinking like sons. No longer thinking like slaves, but thinking like citizens. And we ask, oh God, that you would just continuously build upon what you have already founded in our life just bless you right now. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.